am Laura, a parent of launching young adults and a sociologist and a parenting communication coach. And hi, I'm Beth Rolls, a parent of littles and a conscious marriage coach. Hi, I'm Yukti Rao, parent of two teens with a joyfully imperfect life. Welcome to our Be Friends show, where we demonstrate through our friendships, the art and science of authentic relations. What is new? You know, um, you're asking me about my podcast, right? I mm. recorded four episodes and I have to tell you that I hit resistance after the, the first two were so easy to do. Really? Um, the third one was hard. I think that was the week my dad had passed away, which was his death anniversary. So I was like not feeling it. And then finally on his death anniversary, it clicked. I made it all about him. So it was perfect. It was all about our relationship. And then the fourth one, again, I noticed I hit like some resistance of doing it on time and got delayed. Mm. And uh, I think that whole thing of, oh, I, I need to know what I'm doing and do it perfectly <laughs> came into the thing like, oh, I'm not dressed today. So how can I do a video today? Kind of thing. Like every day there'll be some reason not to. Yeah. I think finally on a Friday, I just said, you know what? Good, bad, ugly. You're just going to sit down and you're just going to do it. And then you're going to post it. And if it's not perfect and it's not right, it's perfectly fine. Exactly. And you don't have to deliver this. That was one thing I had to give myself permission for. It was like, just because I did it one way, one time, doesn't mean that I have to do it that way every single time. Like the video thing, that's a lot of pressure to get that up. And most people aren't going to sit for a 30 minute video these days anyway. So no yeah, sure to get it up there. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to put some stuff on my YouTube channel just so yeah. people have stuff to just watch and learn from. Right. I mean, there's just an opportunity there. And then, of course, when my intuition says, Put it on YouTube. I try to follow it as much as I can. Yes. But you're right. It doesn't have to be that way and it doesn't have to be every time and it doesn't have to be perfect. And no. Right. So um yeah. So I think I'm I'm learning to walk through my resistance and figure things out. But Res resistance is such a tricky thing because it's like what is this really about? Should I actually be not doing this right now? Is there some reason why I need to wait? Or is it just like my own stuff in the way? It's so easy to get caught up in it. And also it's sometimes it's real. Like sometimes like today I'm achy, I'm tired because of my periods. So on days like that, if I want to rest, I give myself permission to do that because sometimes we just force ourselves to do stuff and it's not then it doesn't feel like it's an alignment. Like that Friday when I had to push my through, once I sat down and talked, it all came like, right? So it was, like, <laughs> it was just my resistance stopping me from doing it. But, yes. but like today I would say, okay, you know what? Maybe today is like, okay, it's a rest day. And after we talk, if I don't have the capacity to do it, I'll give myself permission to do it tomorrow. But then tomorrow I got to sit down and do it. <laughs> actually do it yeah yeah put it on the calendar yeah one of the things so I get resistance sometimes to sitting to do what I call my emotional hygiene and meditating and stuff mm -hmm. and I know it's because I don't want to actually sit with what I'm feeling so I'd read um 
maybe we talked about this before, but I do like a pregame ritual. Do we talk Mm. about that before? You know how like athletes, they'll have like a thing that they do every time before a game or before they even go to practice that like gets them in the mindset for what they're about to do because it's a different mindset. So I'm like, I'm going to come up with a pregame ritual for all the stuff I hate doing and start off with something fun. So mine is to light sage. Apparently I just have fun with the fire and like smell the sage and I pull a tarot card because I think that is fun. And usually that sparks some kind of introspection that helps me process whatever I'm about to process anyway. And then um, I journal to get it out and then I sit and meditate. So every time I'm like in that mindset of this is what I'm doing and then it doesn't become a thing where I put it off because I'm excited to do the tarot card and stuff. And then it just kind of flows from there. Like, oh, this is just part of it. That's so you need that's, a pre <laughs> pre podcast well, ritual. Yeah, I mean, I kind of do have one in the sense that I do light a candle and I, I'll sit down, I'll ground myself first. Uh, I'll really be in my body because if my if I'm grounded and I feel like my feet are on the ground and the energy is really flowing into my legs, that's when I feel like everything comes through me mm-hmm. rather than like being in my head where like I'm thinking through stuff as mm-hmm. I'm talking. It, so it helps me do that. And now I've started taking like bullet points. I'm not, I know you're very good at taking notes and doing that. That's not really my strength area. But I notice if I had just have a few bullets, even if I stall, it helps me kind of like, because the ideas keep coming. Like um, yeah. I have some ideas that about what I'm going to talk next. And I have so many things, like sometimes the ideas are coming so fast and furious that I'm like, um, that's like three months down the line. I don't know <laughs> there or not? Not so, everything. Not everything can happen at once. But you're right. It does help to have a pre-game ritual, and it actually, I've noticed, it helps to does have to have a space, and um, a space and time on my calendar also to say, hey, this is yes. the day and this is the time that I will commit to doing it. Yeah. It's that I slip my commitment sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. I um, bought that program called SkedPal that organizes my day. I put all the stuff I need to do in there and it just creates my schedule for me. So it does do that, put stuff on the calendar and like, oh, this is my time to go do this now. So it gives me freedom. I don't always follow it uh, perfectly because I still... (laughs) I'm a rebel, but it's nice to go, okay, what are the main things? I don't have to think, oh, like every single day, be like, okay, what's what's on my plate? Because I have so many different things that I juggle, like between just like today we had to go take the books um, to school for the kids' teachers to sign that I'm going to give them when they graduate high school. And I've got, I got to follow up with the Cub Scouts going to the planetarium and then coaching and then interview. Like there's just so many things I can't too overwhelming to try to keep track of it on my own yeah I needed assistance I mean like I either need an assistant or some kind of software to help me this yeah crap. yeah I mean that it does help to have that stuff like I think after resisting for the longest time I I have created some structure in my day like I usually sit down to work like as in do my podcast or anything between 10 and one because that's that's the time I'm most productive and by then everybody's out of my way things out of my way all that stuff so I don't I know I won't have usually won't have distractions yeah 
And uh, then afternoons are more for chilling or doing stuff that's like I don't have to like process, just do it. Or if I have sessions, I can do those in the afternoon because talking to somebody is I can be present for that. Different. Yeah. Very different, right? I mean, when you're coaching someone, it's very different than when you're sitting down and doing your own work stuff. And then dinner is in the evening. But and then summer comes and throws off your whole routine again and then you gotta figure it out again. My God, I don't even want to think about it because my (laughs) are going to be here for two months during summer. Your in-laws? Yes. They're going to be here two months and I love having them around. Uh, But can you imagine two teenagers, in-laws in the house? Well, my son will be in the house all the time. My daughter will probably be out of the house most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, but uh yeah i can imagine like i'll have to find a different space so that i can just like like recording the podcast i can't have somebody just coming and interrupting me in the middle of it so i need right. closed doors and like a separate space because i so yeah i mean you kind of have to plan for it a little bit and then like you said I kind of have to commit to it because it's so easy to say, hey, I'm busy with this, so I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's flexibility. I'll, I'll, I Once I know, okay, maybe 10 to 1 doesn't work. Maybe 2 to 5 works better in the summer and I'll do that. But yeah. for you, it will be more challenging though. You have younger kids. My kids are pretty cool now. They know because I moved into this room that has a lock on the door and I get them. One of the biggest things for younger kids is to prepare them for it. So Mm. well before I do, like if I have a client, I make sure they're fed. I make sure they have something to do. And I set the expectation, hey, I'm going to be in a call for an hour. This call I can't be interrupted from unless it's an emergency. Are you cool for an hour? Yeah, mom, it's fine. And then they're good. Like they've been, they're a little bit older, but they've been pretty good at that now, at least for a couple of years. Um, and then they have their days like <laughs> where they're just extra needy, but I take extra days off in the summer and we do stuff all day. And then my husband is so thrilled because he finally got day shift. He's been on third, then he got moved to second. And May 21st, he starts day shift. So we're all thrilled he's going to be on the same schedule as us finally. But he's also, he works Wednesday through Saturday. So he'll be home with them like Monday and Tuesday. He can go do fun daddy things and (laughs) make their week a little less boring. And then I can take off like Thursday and Friday to chill with them. So they'll only have like a day where they're going to be on their own. That sounds awesome, actually. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Nice. And he works from home too. So even during the week, it's like, you can go down and bug daddy because daddy's never busy. (laughs) We're honest. Like he's always got time to help you out with something. So yeah. Um, In our case, it's a little different. And what you, what you brought up is something so important. You've trained your kids like kind of like, Hey, my mom's busy and the door is closed for an hour. Do not disturb. I kind of need to train my mom-in-law in in that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep <laughs> I put a sign on the door you could just put a sign and you want to talk to her and be like I'm but on I the air I literally have to do that <laughs> because I, I remember when I had Ananya and my I was very lucky my in-laws my mother-in-law first uh, my mom first and then my mother-in-law came and helped uh, helped oh. me 
for the first year with her and with Devaya as well. I mean, my son as well. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> she's never worked in like a corporate job. And I used to work and she'd be taking care of her and she'd be like, she just barge into my room and sometimes I'd be in the middle of a meeting with a client or my boss oh my or my team like uh mom I can't talk right now oh my god and I would get mad because at that time I did not understand that I actually it was really I hadn't set the expectation I just assumed she'd know so mm-hmm. that's an important point, right? Where we uh, assume people know what we are expecting or what our boundaries are, but sometimes we actually have to articulate them clearly for us to be on the same page. Yes. I just did a video about that today in my group, Soul Sages. The, I called it the dark side of not having good boundaries because I talk a lot about protecting our boundaries from others, but people, me, when I didn't have good boundaries, I was so disrespectful to other people because I didn't, I didn't have any idea of like where we end. And I would just assume all the time. And I would assume that I was helping and never ask permission, never set expectations. Just think that people would show up the way that I show up. I was like, Oh, just everybody works this way. And no. <laughs> That's not that true. is so true. One of the things I learned in coaching that is so important is, um, your ability to say yes or no like even with a client we always ask do you want this feedback do you want this information so that's true even with our friends um when i first learned about it i used to really uh, be uncomfortable like you know well, I'd, i have to ask them like uh, would you want feedback on this or do you want just to talk just to for me to listen yeah. right sometimes it's just that simple with a friend they just need to or your husband, they just need to speak and you just need to just be there to listen to them. They don't necessarily need you to fix things or they don't even want feedback. They just want you to hold space. Mm -hmm. But that concept was so foreign to me. Oh, I know. Just the idea of it was like, what? Like somebody's like, because I'm a fixer, kind of like you. So it's like, if somebody's there and they have a problem, then, Hey, I better give them some solutions. Exactly. Don't they just, they've got to value everything I have to say so much. that They will instantly be appreciative to hear it. No, I think like, I'm like, yeah, I still do that at times. I slip there quite easily, but now I have a few catches, like a few things like, okay, is, are you making this about you? Are you really listening? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm triggered, then I'm triggered and I know it. That I think that I think the difference is just the awareness of where you are. In fact, I I listened to your podcast, the Authentic Wife podcast yesterday during my walk with the dog. Oh, and really? you talked about empathy a lot in that podcast. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I loved what you had to say about oh, empathy you. and how it's um it's about holding the space, but also if you can put yourself in the other person's shoes or pretend like they're talking to some about someone else instead of you, if it's, if they're triggered by you. Yeah. But for that, it's so important not to be in a triggered space yourself. Yeah. You can't, can't do it. And that's the problem is like people go to their spouse about their spouse and that's really not fair. Like I, I think I tell them there, like, 
tell my wives, if you're angry with him, like, tell me, tell your dog, tell the tree, but don't tell your husband because he's just going to be defensive. It's going to be an unproductive conversation. Just when you're like, are complaining and stuff, like, tell me about it, but it's not really fair. Cause then, you know, he starts to complain about her and, but he's not really complaining about her. Like he'll say, you don't, want to do stuff in the bedroom with me you must not love me anymore and it feels like he's complaining about the wife but it's really about his own it can be so many layers of maybe he's insecure maybe he's feeling insignificant maybe he's just feeling unloved whatever but if you man if you take that as oh it's me then you go right into the defensive empathy is just out the window <laughs> at that point it's not gonna I happen. think I think one of the biggest clues is if you're defensive you're not firstly that conversation is not going to go anywhere it's mm -hmm. not going to solve anything yes you can vent it out and fight it out if you want right. <laughs> you can make that choice but it's not actually going to um, going to help and I really needed that reminder because for me um, just before my periods I have these few days where my nervous system's like extremely wired but I'm extremely tired so like everything feels like too much, like or like uh, the intensity of everything I feel is so high that it's hard for me to regulate, self-regulate. Yes. And most, I think most women don't even recognize that. They just think that, they just think, oh, I'm irritable because of my periods, which is true. Your hormones are off, your progesterone is low, so your ability to self-regulate and stuff is actually diminished physically right. or just like actually your body is unable to do it. So even more important to actually take care of yourself. And uh, what happened this time for me was that I couldn't just because both my kids have like exam season going on and my husband has an intense time going on at work. So none of them could step up and then... Mm help me like create so so I did lose it I won't lie okay <laughs> uh I lost it and I and the words I told my husband was like okay if I have to pick up the slack for you guys 10 to 20 percent of the time when you're busy it's reasonable but if I have to pick up the slack and it's expected that I will take care of my stuff and stuff that you guys are not able to do 80 to 90 percent of the time it's unreasonable and how many women on a daily basis actually do that, that they actually pick up the slack 80 to 90% of the time and do stuff that is not really theirs to do, but because they are stay-at-home moms or just because they are moms or they are the wife, they take on uh, these extra responsibilities mm -hmm. because others cannot. <laughs> we think they can't. <laughs> <laughs> we tell them that we tell ourselves that they can't because then we're worthy and valuable. Oh, then they need me because I'm going to save the day for them. No, and that's our shadow, right? That's our shadow side. Mm -hmm. We have to acknowledge that really what we are creating is something that we really want in some ways. Exactly. We want to be needed, wanted. But then there's also like to to expand on it a little bit, like. When I was really busy last month finishing my capstone, I was, I told, I set the expectation, look, I've got to work on this. You guys have got to fend for yourselves at night. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but this is, you're on your own. And then I had to be okay with the fact that they wouldn't do 
exactly what I wanted. Like they wouldn't clean the house the same way or they wouldn't eat dinner at home. Like I just had to be okay. They're going to do, they're going to take care of themselves, but in whatever way they see fit. And I can't be a perfectionist trying to control it too. I just got to acknowledge that it's going to be a little bit different while, while I'm busy. Yeah. Do it. I mean, that's something that I've had to over time give up a lot. Like I used to be, this is really strange, but I used to be a stickler for how the dishwasher was loaded of all the things. I just did post about that for my social media. I can't remember what I said, but it's like, somebody's got to know the right way to load the dishwasher. (laughs) I was like, this many dishes can go in this way if you put it just this way. Like right? you know, the, that logical engineer mind of mine, like, okay, this is something I know how to do. You guys, are like... <laughs> I finally was like, you know what? Either I'm going to have to do this every time myself, or I'm going to have to let them do it their way so that it gets done without me being the gating factor every time because I want control over how the dishwasher is loaded. And I think that's just an example of how many things we do in our life where we refuse to uh, accept help or really allow and receive help. Or even when we do receive help, we are like on tenterhooks, like we are watching, <laughs> right? Like, is it done right? Yeah. Uh, do I need to intervene? Instead of like, hey, this is what I need done. And it's so important. I, I'm just trying. I'm just thinking of this because I'm tying the two things together. Like how we talked about your kids knowing where your boundary is, right? Yes, you set the expectation that this is what I want done in this much time, and that is also not reasonable to expect that everybody will get it done in that time just because you get it done in that much time, mm-hmm. right? Because hey just look at the two of us for example um i think your the amount of stuff you get done in the time you have beth is just mind-blowing and there are times when i feel like oh my god i wish i could do that and then the other time i'm like okay that's just not my way that's just not it so it's the same thing for other people right you and after that you have to let them be and give them space to do things their way, to make mistakes. And that's true in any relationship, whether be it with our kids, be it with our husband. Friends uh, or co-workers, yeah. Exactly. Um, How many of us love a manager who loves to micromanage and comes and tells you exactly what needs to be done, when it needs to be done and how it needs to be done? Oh yeah, that's a favorite. I have, by the way, I have figured out a trick for the dishwasher thing, the piece that I was missing was I would let them, um, like they'd load it their own way and it'd be a blank show. (laughs) And then, and then I'd put it away and have to deal. I'm like, Oh, I can't even stack the plates because I put them in on this way. Like, you know, there's an easier way to unload the dishwasher depending on how it's been loaded. So then I realized, Oh, they need to put the dishes away as well. (laughs) After they have loaded them (laughs) like this. And then they will learn, like I learned that it makes more sense if you like only do plates for a minute and then you only do bowls for a minute. And now they load it the way I load it. So <laughs> they just had to see the consequence of what it looked like to put it away after it's just been chucked in there. Or oh, the natural consequences of how to load the dishwasher. Right. <laughs> exactly. They, they never, I protected them from that consequence because I always then found, like ended up being the one to put it away. So, yeah. <laughs> 
And the thing about me getting more done, because I've heard that so many times, you have to understand that like you see the things that I do do, but there are plenty of things that I don't do because I prioritize like this work. You probably make beautiful home cooked meals all the time or have like your house is sparkling and stuff or whatever, your dogs walked, all these things that you do that I don't prioritize in my life as much, much to everybody's dismay is like, Sometimes the house goes for a while before I clean it up. And then I spend an entire day cleaning it up again. Or sometimes we just eat out and then sometimes we don't just, it's all just juggling priorities. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I agree. Um, For me, eating healthy, at least for myself is pretty important. Yeah. Now I have two teenagers. I've kind of given up on them a little bit. Right. (laughs) It's like, uh, you can only, you can only do so much. I, I, when they were younger, they did eat. And at some point, they'll probably come back to healthier habits because they have them ingrained. But other than that, it's really now they're old enough that they're making more more and more they're making their own choices yeah. and stuff. Um, but my house never looks sparkling clean. Okay, except when the cleaners <laughs> come every two weeks and clean it. And then I beg everybody who comes into the house, take your shoes off, put your things in place, let me have this house clean at least for one day. Right? <laughs> that's all we get usually, but oh, it just doesn't last. That's a frustrating thing. But I'm like, I understand. Every, everything needs a leader, whether it's like the house or my business or whatever. Somebody has to step in and be the leader and have to know who should take on that role based on like their challenges and strengths. And like, my kids are learning. They're not the leaders yet. My husband's got ADHD. He is not the leader. <laughs> you just have to be the one and go back in. It's like, pick up your book bag, put it on the hook, put your shoes in the cubby again. <laughs> or, or somebody, uh, Kelly Hutchinson, she um, used to pick up her kid's stuff and put it in like a bin and then they'd have to like work for it to earn it back. Yeah. I guess that's an idea. <laughs> Steal it from them. Yeah, I've tried this where I've just like taken their stuff that they leave outside and I just put them, uh, I'm like, okay, this is going into the donation bin. So if you leave it here, it means it's going into the donation bin. It worked for a little bit and then it didn't. Then it didn't and they're just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. They, they just go to the donation bin, pick up their stuff, leave from there, and then leave it in some other spot again. And it would end up in the donation bin again. Oh my gosh. So, I so guess I have, it needs to go right to the trash. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's just gone. It just needs to go into the trash can outside the house, not even inside the house. So it's like, okay, bye-bye. Oh, I don't know. My uh, next my next idea is to have you heard of Cube Money? Cube Money? It's like a software app that's like digital envelopes you know like the dave ramsey system where you put your money cash money in envelope it's like that but you they have a family plan where you give your kids like a debit card and they have these different cubes that they have to put their money into so then they have to be okay to like spend that money and then when they run out they're done and so i've been thinking about giving them all the money we spend in a month on like clothes and toys and whatever and then they have to manage it based on these cubes we set up for them start so, now please i'm struggling <laughs> with that now with the 17 and 15 year olds so okay <laughs> well and when i told my dave about it he's like i don't want to do that i'm like well you're yeah. the worst one <laughs> I mean, I'm like it's this or cash pick one 
but no, we all, it's, you know, it's all me or I have problems too, but I think the kids will really benefit from feeling some ownership over their stuff and not just thinking it appears from the magical stuff fairy and they don't really need to take care of it. So we'll see That's how that goes. Idea. I've, gonna, I've been looking to do that with the kids. We do it kind of with an allowance and giving them so much so they have to spend. But that's gone for a toss. So this summer, I'm looking for a new system. I need to look at this cube money thing now that you've given yeah. me this idea. Yeah, I had to give you the affiliate link I use. Yeah. Get a little discount. Like you get two months for a dollar or something. It was from Smart Money Mamas. And I feel like it was Smart Money Mamas was the code, but I'll check what it is. I'll yeah. Her stuff. I'll let you know. They send you the card and it's like... It's kind of cool because you just open the cube because I thought, man, I want to be at the checkout and like trying to figure out how much money to transfer. But that's not what it is. You just like open it before you go into shop. And then as soon as you check out, like when you're done in a certain time period, it closes it again. So you can't use okay. it. again. so every time you have to make a decision on your app, whether you're going to whether you got the money. And if you don't, are you actually going to move it from a different place to go buy the thing you want or not? So I'm hoping it'll help us with food because we spend just an ungodly amount of money on groceries and eating out and stuff. Same here. Don't You're not alone. And I don't think the inflation and the prices at this moment have helped. Right? It's terrible. That's like the option is to either eat crap or if you want to eat good food, then you've got to spend on it. Even crap is expensive though. Like Actually, we go to McDonald's and it's 40 yeah, bucks. Right. Everything is expensive now. Mm, it's crazy. I saw somebody last night on TikTok, they use chat GPT, you know, like the AI thing. Yeah, yeah. And they said like, I live in this area and I have a hundred bucks. Make me a meal plan for the week and give me the grocery list to shop at this store for a hundred bucks. And it gave them all the thing. I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> should be, I should try that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I gave them everything they need. Right. Well, hundred bucks won't get me through two days, but 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 you know, my kids are like my husband grew up in a snack home. Have you heard this? Like yeah. you either have pre-made snacks or you have to you have ingredients. I grew up in an ingredient home, so I feel like he spends way too much money on snacks. He just thinks that's normal. What do you guys do? Do you have snacks around the house? We do. Uh because honestly my kids live on that stuff, that especially now that they're teenagers. There are times when they, that's all they eat <laughs> between meals because they eat almost all the time. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't survive without without snacks. Seriously, yeah. like despite the fact that I cook practically every day, I just wouldn't survive without the snacks. Wow. Um, and my husband grew up in a household where um, his mom made those snacks. Oh, wow. Yeah, like homemade snacks because they lived in a, a small town, uh, mining town in the middle of forest. So everything wasn't easily available. So she actually made a lot of that stuff and kept it. So he likes to munch like at three, four o'clock. He has the munchies and now he's given, unfortunately given me that habit as well. <laughs> but see, we grew up very different because we grew up in India. We always had help around the house. Mm. So even when we wanted, like in our case, 
very rarely were the pre-made snacks. It would be like, oh, I want to have a milkshake or I want to have a smoothie and somebody would make it for us. It wasn't like we were making it ourselves. Wow. There was a lot of help to do that. Um, it wasn't like, oh, mom's going to take care of everything or once you're old enough, the kids will take care of everything. So was it family so think, or like hired help? We had hired help. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. I that's feel like that's really normal in so many other cultures. Why do we not have as much help in America? Why are we so I weird? Think it's the cost. I think it's the cost. Mm -hmm. The cost of labor here is high. The cost of labor in Asia in general is lower, I think. But of course, it's gone a lot higher now. Like yeah. now my in-laws say like, oh, now we can't have as much help because we just can't afford it. They're on a retirement mm -hmm. income. So it becomes... Oh. Still seems like you know the younger, <laughs> younger or older people who don't necessarily need a whole lot would work for. Maybe we need to put all these people back to work again. I don't know. <laughs> Come help me. Put <laughs> my dishwasher the right way, damn it. <laughs> yeah. huh. As long as we are reasonable in our expectations, because for the older people, the energy level is not the same, right? That's like right. I tell my daughter, at eighteen, the things you can like. Oh, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay up till 2 a.m. and still get up at 6 a.m. and do all that. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I can't do that at 48. Like after oh, no. my body needs a little more. Like I need my sleep. Oh, I can't, I can't operate 100% the next day. And she can pull that off for a week before she's like, oh, I'm all, I'm now I'm sleeping all Sunday. Right. Right. Yeah. I could so see, I like, if my dad lived closer, I'd be like, hey, I'll give you some money. Come tinker around with my house like go cock the front door and stuff I need done that you love to do anyway I mean yeah. I'm sure you'd be glad to do little jobs and, it, and stuff it would make them feel useful it makes them feel useful and valued and all yeah. that stuff as well I think uh, it, what would be unreasonable is oh you know what mom can you cook me food every day and she's like 74 and she's right. <laughs> you. that might be a bit much to ask no, them, I wouldn't do but, that but uh, I'm, I'm just saying but if you so it's like, hey, come and play with your grandkids for two hours. Yes. I even be willing to pay for it. But I mean, in our culture, you don't generally exchange money for things like that because more like give and take, like relationships, it ha happens automatically. Like you take care of each other because mm. it's like if a family is a team and everybody's a member of the team, right? And everybody has their roles. And then at some point, if another team member needs help, then you step in and help them for so, and that's reciprocated later on and it balances it balances itself out. Um, and I I like that about our culture because um, I'm not saying relationships don't feel transactional. There are times when it becomes trans like I did so much for you and you didn't do it kind of thing that can happen. Yeah. But I feel like um, there's a certain um, synergy to it like just like uh uh and given given take off which is a more natural order and you don't actually have to define it with exchange of money or goods mm -hmm. per se so i i i do appreciate that about our culture that and that's how we've grown up so we don't even think about it on the other hand there are places in which you do need to exchange money to make sure that you are 
making the other person feel valued and you are valuing their time and their uh, what they are contributing as well. Yeah. So I think it depends. It's so different with family. And I, I think it's really sad that in this country, people tend to live like I'm three hours from my family. We're all, everybody's all spread out. That's kind of what you do yeah. here. It's so easy to move far, far away. Uh, well, I live thousands of miles from my family. So that's, I kind of had to learn to fend for myself uh, yeah. very early. But like I said, like, I mean, I don't see that very often in uh, families here where if families are close by, yes, the grandparents do look after their grandkids and stuff after school and all that. I've seen that. But your mother or mother-in-law doesn't come for six months and stays with you and cooks meals for you and takes care of the household so you can be with the baby. And that that was such a blessing for me. Like, I mean, I don't think I even appreciated and recognized what a blessing and what a what a gift it was at that time. Oh, yeah. But now that I go back, I was like, yeah, I got, especially with my daughter, because she was the only child, right? My son, there was still a two-year-old running around the house. So it's a little, you have to give attention to both. Oh, yeah. So I had a lot of uh, one-on-one attention from both the grandmoms, uh, from her mom, even her dad, because when he'd come back from, he was in school when she was first born. In the evenings, he'd be doing his school homework and she'd, he'd be holding her in his oh. lap because he did, he just needed to change diapers and be with her. He didn't have to take care of everything else in the house so much because we had our mom helping out. So, yeah. So it sounds like you have a great opportunity this summer <laughs> with some good boundaries. Get some help. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. they're old much older now mm-hmm. so to some degree it's time to reciprocate because they also they need more help now yeah. versus the other way around but that's like you said even more important than to set boundaries for myself mm-hmm. and communicate where I need to with others so you can say I can't... take a nap from 10 to 2 every day <laughs> <laughs> Your nap time, correct. Yes, I'm out. And then be (laughs) present. And then when I'm with them, be present with them. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. I like that. It can be hard, though, to have somebody else in your space. It can, no matter who they are, can feel kind of weird anyway to suddenly share everything. Well, I may have to go to Starbucks for some days of the week. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Go work there or go to the library, play some music sit quietly and do my work the school should have like co-working spaces in the some, they should let all the kids go play in the gym together while parents like get a whole classroom to themselves to do their work and that's such a know. brilliant idea you know that like they should really consider doing that the that kids would be nice, love right? having a couple of hours of playtime oh, and the moms can get much more done knowing the kids are having fun and they're taken care of mm-hmm. and they're close by enough that and they could like rent it out. You pay a little fee to use their space. And yeah, that'd be great. I'd go do that. All right. I'll, I'll send an email. Let's see if that works. Oh, I could try it. Well, this has been lovely. It's so fun to start um, thinking about summer. 
I'm kind of excited yeah. for it to get nice yeah. and warm here. Yeah. To be interesting. All right. So we've talked about so much empathy, boundaries, kids, summer, family health. You have any final thoughts for? Um, I think my final thoughts are, I, I'd say moms get ready for the summer. Um, actually think about how you're going to make time and space for yourself. Where do you need to set boundaries so you can actually show up fully present with whoever, in-laws in my case, kids in Beth's case, whoever you need to show up with and still be able to do you. Because uh, if you're trying to juggle juggle your work and your kids and taking them out and all that stuff, if you don't have some idea of where you want to take it, you're going to find yourself pulled in many directions and that doesn't usually end well. Um, that's been my experience. So I just want to share that with you. And we talked a lot about this, that in this episode, right? How important those boundaries are and uh, how important setting expectations with other people is as well. And you know, most importantly, setting your expectations with yourself. So because sometimes we can have unreasonable expectations from ourselves. Right. Yeah. I think it's when some of the things that have helped me are to really set a clear intention for the summer and what exactly I want to experience, what I want it to look like, what I want my kids to experience um, so that I actually can plan <laughs> the things that I think will make it feel like a good, memorable summer. And then I know that I can get really stuck in a routine and it can be frustrating when the kids are home and we, you know, then all of a sudden my routine is completely ruined. So just even knowing that like, you're going to have a new routine, you're going to have a different routine for the summer and it's okay. You can go back to the old one the day they go back and it's fine. Just picture it as like a different experience. Different. I think that, that actually is so important because as like if you're trying, you need a new structure, but at the same time, don't try to get it perfectly because if you get stuck in the perfection of your structure looking a certain way and don't allow for flexibility, you're just going to make it harder for yourself. So remember, just like I say in my podcast, joyfully imperfect. You got to remember to infuse it with joy, whatever you do. And that's a great guideline because some days... You know, like we had the pool this summer and some days it'd be sunny and hot. And we'd want to take full advantage and put everything to the side and some days it'd be rainy and cold. So it's a great day for everybody to do their own thing. So go with the flow. I love it. All right. Thank you, Dee. Thanks, Beth. Yeah, bye.